Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help companies solve the people problems that are slowing their growth and hurting their profits. Joining me today from Manitoba, Canada, is Tom Van Dyke. Tom is a certified story brand guide. He's an expert in helping businesses find their brand voice to stand out in the marketplace. He's a champion for clear communication in all messaging. You'll find out why here in a moment. I want to add a little personal note. Tom is married to Tara and they have eight children. They are foster and adoption advocates and they've welcomed 30 foster children into their home since 2011. Welcome, Tom. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great privilege. Well, the privilege is going to be mine and for our listeners. I know that already because we've had an opportunity to have a number of conversations before we set this date to record this podcast. I would love to do an episode just on on you and your all's experiences as foster parents. That is a remarkable number, 30 foster children, not to diminish that you have eight in your household now. <laughs> Yeah, eight in my household, and you might might hear one just a little bit in the background. So I'm a dad first. So, <laughs> well, you do marry up your dad role with your story brand guide role, and what I would love to be able to do is focus primarily on yes, how do you help your clients find their brand's voice? And I yes. introduced you as a certified story brand guide, but let's just start with StoryBrand. I understand who kind of conceived it with Donald Miller, but tell us a little bit about what StoryBrand is, please. Sure. So StoryBrand, pardon me, is a framework for copywriting. So Donald Miller, who's a a well-known author, he's written many, many books and has sort of transitioned from really memoir type books to um, business books and marketing books. Um, took what he knew about good story writing and turned it into a framework that is repeatable um, for businesses and brands. So um, really what it does is, I mean, it follows the, you know, sort of the thinking of of, uh, Joseph Campbell and Hero of a Thousand Faces and then Carol Pearson's uh, The Hero and the Outlaw. It, it, it It looks at what makes a great story and how can we use those elements in our marketing and our messaging? So every story has seven parts. And this is this is just true. And once you learn story brand, it kind of ruins movies for you forever because you can mm-hmm. see them in every mm-hmm. single movie. In fact, I'm always looking for them. And if I can't find them, I'm like, it troubles me. But you have a character who wants something or a hero who wants something. They can't get it. And that's so that's a problem. They face a problem. It makes them feel internally anxious or something like that. Um, They meet a guide. The guide gives them a plan to overcome their problem, calls them to action. There's a call to action in the movie and then or the story. And that ends in success or failure. And so in our marketing. So what Donald Miller really did was he said, "Okay, let's take those seven parts and let's figure out where the business should be, where the client should be and how we can invite them into a story through our marketing. And and so. Uh, that's that's what we do. And I became certified in, in September of 2020. And certification means I get to use their their intellectual property is what it means. And it, it's a wonderful 
repeatable sense-making uh, structure. That's what's really nice about it. If you were to tell somebody to go out and do, you know, stories important for marketing, people would nod along with you because it's true. This this idea of story has, it, I mean, that's not new with Donald Miller, certainly not. Um, but to have a framework that you can plug in information and you now have what we call a brand script or a brand story on the other side, that's really, really helpful. And so that's what I do for my, for my clients. We almost always start by writing out their brand story. And then we say, where can we apply this brand story in all your marketing? <clears throat> so when you're doing that, you start off by creating that, the, the product that results from that. Ramami, what is that? You, there's a name that I think you yeah. give it to. Yeah, I call it a brand identity and messaging guide. Lots of other story brand guides, and we're called story brand guides for a reason. Uh, we are, our, our clients are the hero in, our, in, in their story, and we play the guide to their problem. Just like we're going to teach them to play the guide to their customers' uh, problems, right? So I'm a story, other story brand guides, they leave off the identity part. They just call it a brand messaging guide. Um, but I put in brand identity and messaging guide because I go, I, I have a, I have an, few additions that I add to the story. Um, for example, uh, something called brand archetypes. So um, what is the personality of your brand? Story brand doesn't talk about that much, but I have found that that takes what story brand offers and just supercharges it. Hmm. So as you kind of reflect on the clients that you've attracted thus far, and if you could be selective in the attraction of those clients, yeah. what type of client resonates best one with this concept of embracing you as a guide and two what type of clients find that you are the best story brand guide to affiliate with <laughs> well i don't know about that i've got a great uh, i've got one of my favorite clients in the world um, marjorie adam she's a realtor in charlottesville virginia and i mean we literally start every call by saying ah there's my favorite client ah there's my favorite story brand guy so uh, I really, uh, I've really enjoyed working with real estate agents. The, the type of industry that needs a very good story is coaches, real estate agents, um, uh, consultants, financial advisors, because, and I'll, I'll tell you why, that anytime you find an industry where it's saturated, mm -hmm. it's incredibly competitive. You need to have a good story. So if you're a plumber with a brick and mortar store, um, what people are going to do is they're going to have an emergency and they're going to say, I need a plumber near me or plumbing emergency after hours. And they're going to put that in Google and Google's going to search in your area for near me plumbers. And that plumber just needs to rank in Google. Mm -hmm. And once you get there, it needs to be clear, you know, kind of what you do next, how you get a hold of them. But they don't need a story as, not, as much as somebody in like a real estate agent. So a real estate agent, what happens is you don't usually Google for that, or you don't, you don't do a Google search for business coaches near me because they can be anywhere in the world. And, and as a business coach, Mike, you're going to, you're never going to rank. I mean, it's going to be virtually impossible. You're going to have these massive uh, coaching agencies that spend an enormous amount of money to rank. Yes. So Google doesn't work so well for you. What works for you is story because you're going to have clients and their client, their, your clients are going to tell their friends, you need to work with Mike. But then another friend is going to say, ah, you need to work with 
Oh. And so you're, you're, this, this new person is going to put Mike's website up and Tom's website up side by side. And now he's going to read the story mm. and he needs to be invited in and understand and find out that you answer the problems that he's facing as the hero of his own life. So for that kind of an industry, it becomes very powerful. Now, Donald Miller has worked with, you know, like the Chick-fil-A's of the world. And I mean, they've worked with massive brands. Anybody will benefit from, from understanding how story works with messaging. But it is those types of, of clients, the, the coaches, consultants, real estate agents, those are the ones that I really enjoy working with um, because they, they have so often, they have so much to offer and it's saturated with a lot of fluff. And I want to help people get through to my clients who have so much to offer the world, but struggle against, you know, just noise and, and competition. And, and I, I tell people like their greatest competition is not people who do the same thing they do. It is just distraction and noise mm. because there are enough people out there who need Mike O'Neill, um, that if they could just find you, you'd be in great shape, right? There are lots of people looking for our services. Um, so I love helping people, you know, it almost feels a little bit underdog a little bit, right? I love, I love helping the solopreneur without a huge budget. Um, and don't get me wrong, like I want to get paid, but <laughs> if you don't have me, I, I want to help those people so that they can, they can, they can succeed and share their their wisdom with the world and lead and so um but i so i really enjoy working with the solopreneurs small teams coaches consultants that that kind of thing and i think they do benefit from story brand so if you fit any of those descriptions you're listening or watching right now you know that this is going to have immediate application but you've already described what we're about to talk about in a little more detail can apply to any business and specifically what i'd love to do is learn a little bit more Tom, about how you help your clients actually find their brand's voice. What does that look like? Well, first of all, you have to you have to understand what it is. And I think a lot of people don't. Many people, when they think about marketing, they're going to think in terms of, can okay, I need a website? I'm going to need good SEO, that's search engine optimization, you know, so that when they show up in Google, um, maybe I need digital ads, but I can't afford to pay for ads. Where do I go on social media? That's what they think about for marketing. And often the place that I start with people is we need to uh, we need a new website. We need to refresh or build a new one from scratch. And I say, ah, really, your website is secondary to a foundational thing called your brand message. And uh, the way I describe it for people is, you know, brands will spend thousands of dollars to get their their logo, their fonts, and their colors. That's the visual brand. Hmm. Um, they'll they'll think about where their their brand positioning in the market, like what differentiates them. You know where their audience lives a little bit. They'll think about that. But what is often neglected is how they sound. And you know if you it, if Bench Bench Builders has a logo, and that logo is recognizable, and when people see it it communicates something to them and, and you want to be memorable uh, with your branding. It should, and you would never use an old logo on a new website. You wouldn't mix and match logos because you're creating an expectation in your client's mind. This is how we look. Um, the same should be true of your messaging mm. so that every time you show up, 
on social media, on a podcast, anywhere. It sounds like you. It's really, really important. Um, so the brand, and it also gives you a summary of how how to speak about your 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 company, because um, it's a little bit terrifying sometimes. If you once you start adding employees, how do your employees speak about the brand, and do they represent the brand accurately? Um, and you know, I'm part of some networking groups, and uh, there's always these introductions. And as the introductions go around, we're supposed to do 30 second introductions in our weekly meeting. Okay, never happens. I don't, I, I mean, I struggled to keep it to 30 seconds too, but I mean, 30 second introductions, nobody can do it because they've never thought about the essence of what they do. They, they throw in too much stuff and they, they lose the plot. So that's what I help my clients do. Now, how do we do that? We sit down and uh, once I've convinced them, they need a, a brand identity and messaging guide. I get them to fill out uh, an extensive, um, questionnaire, sort of a, an onboarding questionnaire that asks them all the typical stuff, like, um, who's your ideal client? Um, what problem are you solving for them? I, I give them little prompts, like answer this question in relation to your client. It's just plain wrong that they what? Mm. So my, my answer to that is it's just plain wrong that coaches don't have a way to be noticed in all the noise. That's just plain wrong. And I, I get, so I give them that questionnaire and then we sit down and we do what's called a discovery session. And it's about 90 minutes to two hours. And I just, I interview them and it's my favorite part of the process mm. because um, I get to ask them questions. You can see little light bulb moments where they haven't, you know, they're, they're thinking about something in a new way. Um, and, uh, and I get to learn so much. I just love it. I learn, I love working with business coaches because it's it's almost like they're paying me <laughs> to be coached right because they're telling me what's important to them and, and what they teach their clients then i go away for two weeks and i write and then we meet again and i deliver this document and the document that i usually do is about 37 pages long hmm. and it it just um it goes through um it goes through their ideal client um it goes through their brand archetype um brand archetype is a little bit that's a little tricky there's there's some nuances there to figuring that out for for clients goes to the brand story and then i have a bunch of ways that you can um start to use your brand message and so it walks you through a whole marketing playbook and that kind of thing it's a fairly extensive document and um by and large uh people um we have a mutual friend suzanne and when I when I wrote her brand messaging guide, I mean, her eyes were just like, in fact, she talked to me again about it this week. She just goes, Tom, it gave me such confidence. She says, now I know how to show up who I need to show up as. So but that's the process. Uh, you know, questionnaire, interview, writing, and then uh, an implementation session. The whole process takes about two to three weeks. You mentioned Suzanne. We're referring to Suzanne Taylor King, and right. um, you know, you know, at me, I'm, I'm a coach and a consultant, and um, people sometimes are a little bit surprised that I, as a coach, have a coach. Well, Suzanne's oh. one of one of my coaches, of course, and right. of course, what makes this really neat is that I'm talking to you, and you're working with Suzanne, and so I find that the, these kinds of relationships that has probably been one of the most rewarding parts of self-employment. 
I spent 25 years in a corporate HR role leading HR teams. For the last 15 years or so, I get a chance to choose who I enter into relationships with. Who do I get to meet? This podcast is a perfect example that after speaking to you, it's real clear to me you would be a great podcast guest, not just because of your expertise, but your ability to explain things. So, Tom, you've kind of walked us through how people would engage with you. You've shared with us a bit about the kind of clients that really you resonate right. with. Coaches, consultants, real estate, a lot of these are, are in the service sector. And you've kind of given us a sense of what the finished product kind of looks like. In your process, where do you find that your clients have the most difficulty implementing what it is that you're recommending? Hmm. Well, you know, <clears throat> most of them, when they see it, they want it. Um, and it's often uh, a limitation of, of just actually budget. That, that's hard for them. I think that the sort of the, you know, the maybe the philosophical struggle trying to figure it out is how does this how does this work if i have more than one offering that's a real struggle mm -hmm. um so for example my real estate agent uh marjorie uh how we actually have to write something pardon me <clears throat> pardon me we have to write something a little bit different for the seller as opposed to the buyer mm. um so you know we have a landing page and then it's going to branch off in two directions for the seller and the buyer now that's very common in real estate but um, that that's one example. I, I had a client I worked with who was a, an industrial manufacturer and they, they had all sorts of, um, of different products four different, very diverse, extremely different. So again, how do you, and one client would come into one area of their business, but never cross over to another. So how do you, how do you write an overarching story for the brand and it's possible so, so what we typically do actually churches are a good example of this because um in a church you actually have um oh gosh at least seven different churches you, you have hmm. you have these little mini congregations because you have a youth group a children's ministry uh worship ministry adult ministry uh small group ministry and so you have to write one brand story for the whole organization. And then each one has a little bit of a sort of a chapter within the greater story. Um, and in business, you see that as well. So that can be really hard. Um, uh, another thing that's hard is people don't want to talk about their clients' problems. Um, and you need to. You know, if you, if you were to watch a movie without a problem, you wouldn't watch because it's the it's the tension that draws people in and the reality is everybody's facing problems they're all overwhelmed about something they're all anxious about something they all feel like they're spinning their wheels and stuck somewhere so you have to talk about it you have to say um it, like on a website for example right under the header which is the first thing you see it's called above the fold okay so that the first thing you see that's like a summary of your whole story Okay, you have to have it there. People have to know within seven seconds what you do, uh, what problem you solve, and what the next step is to getting involved with you or uh, engaged in your in your company. Right under that, you talk about their problems. Mm. Uh, 
and and uh, and what you'll get is people will start nodding along with you. Look, if your if your company does not solve a problem for somebody, you're not going to be in business very long. So you might as well call it out. And, and actually, what it does is it pre-qualifies people because if you're not answering the problem that they have, they're not going to call you, which is perfect. Because why would you waste your time on people that aren't going to actually need your services? Um, but it feels negative to people. People just want to, they just want to be positive. And uh, that's also like in the, in the stakes, we call it the stakes, success or failure. If there's no consequence to not doing business with you, why would I do business with you? Right. Right. So I can say, look, um, if you want to keep struggle with struggling with building your website, by all means, do it. But it's going to be a struggle. That's failure. You're going to spend a lot of time and waste a lot of time on it. Or we could work together and I can do it in about three months and I can get you a brand new website. I can show you some examples of what other websites look like that I've worked on. And uh, it's going to communicate absolutely clearly what you do. It's going to land with your audience and it's going to sound like you. Mm. Um, so, you know, but I have to paint those stakes and it doesn't feel nice sometimes to paint the stakes of, of failure, but that's, that is true. There is a, there's just a reality. Like if you don't work, if we don't, I can't solve your problem if we don't work together. So Tom, with that in mind and keeping with the theme of this podcast, can you think of an example of a situation where perhaps you or a client got stuck? And it may very well be what you've just did is an example after example, but when they got stuck and how did you help them get unstuck? Yes, there is one, there's one particular client in mind and, and he's wonderful. The owner has become a good friend of mine, actually. Um, his name is Dale and he owns a company called UV pools in Winnipeg in our capital city. And all they do is repairs, pool repairs. That's all they do. And, uh, they hired me because they had read building a story brand. They were working with a business coach who was familiar with story brand and they were really struggling to implement it. And I got involved. In, and so basically what I did for them was I did audits. I audited their website. I audited their, their uh, sales material and I tweaked it. And then if they liked what I was talking about, then I, sometimes I just rewrote it entirely. Um, and what I found on their website was that there was this, it didn't sound like the company. Like it just did not sound like it. And what I found was they kept slipping in all these little jokes hmm. and, you know, they were like, you know, like beach jokes and bikini jokes and, and stuff like that. And I go, it feels weird to me. Like it just, I'm not saying there isn't a place for that. I mean, Geico, for example, is hilarious, you know, dollar shave club, hilarious. Right. So there's a place for the jester archetype um, that uses humor to sell their product. The problem is that that didn't reflect their brand properly. And the reason it didn't is that they had somebody else writing up the material on their website who wasn't familiar with copywriting and brand voice. So I went through and I started highlighting where these where these moments were. And it wasn't just jokes. It was other little things that just didn't sound like them. And when I brought it to them, I said, look, we've talked about what your brand archetype is. And they are through and through what you call the every person, the every guy or every gal. That's the Home Depot, come on down, you know, earth, salt of the earth type people, you know, let's build a community. Let's help you get your friends back together. That's who they are. They don't, uh, they don't use humor uh, effectively. So anytime you slip it in, it actually, it's jarring 
And and while you don't, I mean, I don't know if they lost deals over it or not, but it it certainly didn't help them sell themselves, right? It didn't feel consistent. So that that is one place that I see when you don't understand who you are, um, uh, and you don't have that, you don't have this guiding principle of of this is who we are. This is how we show up in our messaging. Uh, that is one place that people really do get stuck. Um, and so I was able to sit down and it, it, you should have seen the light bulbs go on. I he go, yes, yes, I see it now. Right. Like uh, it, it was it was that was probably the most dramatic, for, probably the most animated I've seen him also because he's not a terribly animated person. <laughs> but you could just see him. Like, oh, this is what we're talking about. This is why it doesn't feel like it flows, you know. Um, so that's definitely one thing. Uh, yeah. I think that's a perfect illustration. You slipped it in, but here's something I heard you say. This client repairs pools. One might say that's boring, but you said something to the effect of, but don't you want to bring your friends back together? Yes. And so it sounded to me that would be an example of why a broken pool is impacting and right. You, and, and just in that one little phrase, you've got it. All you got to do is fix it so you can have it again. Exactly. And, and here's what it brings to you. So I think that was a brilliant uh, example. Thanks. Thank you for, for doing that. Tom, I've enjoyed just listening to you. You have a natural way of telling your story in a very easy conversational way. Um, if folks want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, you know, LinkedIn is a great place. I live on LinkedIn. It's my social media platform of choice. <laughs> and uh, so we can certainly reach out there. I think we can put my handle in the in the description maybe, or it's just, it's at Tom-Van-Dyke. Just take note that my name, Tom, is spelled different. Van Dyke is spelled different. <laughs> so, well, let me go ahead and do that and say that. So it's Tom yeah. is T-H-O-M and Van Dyke is V-A-N-D-Y-C-K-E. Um, we will include your contact information in the show notes. Tom, I knew this was going to be fun. It was fun. It was informative uh, as well. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. This, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know you, and it's a privilege to uh, meet your audience through your podcast. Well, the pleasure really has been mine, and I now know that the audience would be able to, if they could speak, would be saying uh, the same. Um, I also want to thank our listeners. For joining us today. This is episode 111. So if you like access to all the podcasts, simply go to your browser and type unstuck.show. While you're there, you can also subscribe to our weekly blog that we call The Bottom Line. So if you're trying to grow your business, but people problems have kind of slowed you down, let's talk. Head over to bench-builders.com to schedule a call. I would enjoy getting to know you and exploring how perhaps we can do some things that would help you immediately. So I want to thank you for joining us. And I hope you have picked up on some tips from Tom that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>